we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors, come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. Thanks for hanging out with us a little while today. Hey, Jim Shockey is going to join us today. Front Door to the Camp House is brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Calming Care settles the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper. A lot of people having great success with Calming Care. You might want to try it with your dog. Learn more when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. We have an incredible story on the show today. I don't know if you're a member of the National Deer Association or if you keep up with them or read about what they're doing, what they're up to. If not, you really ought to be. National Deer Association. Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com if you'd like to learn more about those folks and the good work that they do for deer hunters everywhere. But Lindsay Thomas Jr. wrote a story that was published by the National Deer Association And I took great interest in that story. It's a good read. I recommend that uh, if you're a deer hunter, that's what you spend part of your time doing in the deer blind today. Lindsay's going to join us on the show, and we're going to talk about this mysterious adventure of an exceptional buck. That was the title of the uh, piece that Lindsay wrote about this white-tailed buck that took off on a journey 186 miles long. (laughs) incredible we'll be talking to him about it a little later on i'm glad you're here to share a campfire with us grab yourself a hot cup of coffee and make yourself at home you're in camp with us here at kinder outdoors good luck indiana it's the deer firearms opener for you folks today opens up today and runs through november 28th That sounds odd to us Texans because we have a very liberal uh, deer season, rifle season. Ours opened up last weekend and runs through the first weekend in January. Make the most of it, Indiana. You too, Nebraska. Your season is even shorter. It opens up today and closes next Sunday. You've got just over one week to rifle hunt in Nebraska. By the way, Nebraska, if you haven't purchased a permit yet, some over-the-counter firearm unit Permits still remain available. Upland birds opened up October 30th in Nebraska. Here's how it shook out. According to field reports, hunter success for pheasants was highest in the northeast, with some of the better reports coming from the northernmost counties in that district. Pheasant hunters also had relatively good success on public lands in the Rainwater Basin region in south-central and southeastern Nebraska. Further west, drought conditions appear to have limited production this year. As for the bobwhites, quail populations appear to be down slightly compared to recent years in Nebraska. Some hunters found respectable numbers of quail in portions of southeastern and south-central Nebraska opening weekend. Now, if you are an upland hunter, I know we travel, we get around, we travel all over the nation to hunt upland birds. You might want to take a look at the Oklahoma Panhandle. Got a good report from them this week, up 23% from last year. Over 30 years ago, the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation began conducting roadside surveys to monitor quail numbers throughout the state. There are 83 routes of 20 miles each surveyed in August and then again in October in all counties except Oklahoma and Tulsa counties. August surveys give biologists an idea of breeding success. 
while October surveys reveal a glimpse of recruitment for the fall hunting season. Typically, August survey numbers are less reliable as a hunting season predictor than October's due to the fact that some chicks don't survive the summer. This last decade has seen survey numbers cycle starting lower in 2010 and slowly rising to a peak in 2016 that quickly fell back to previous lows. This year, Oklahoma is seeing a statewide average quail index that's up by 23% over last year. No, last year's numbers were not great, but up 23% is okay. That's good. On November 5th, the Nevada Board of Wildlife Commissioners rejected Commission General Regulation Number 503. That would have banned all predator hunting tournaments in the state. They rejected that by a vote of 5 to 4. Coyote calling contest, a time-honored tradition in Nevada and across these United States that contribute to effective wildlife management. In recent years, hunting and fishing tournaments have come under fire by animal rights organizations that don't like the idea of animals being taken in a contest. These tournaments have a huge positive impact on local economies and conservation work in these United States. Ask any rancher his or her thoughts on predator hunting, bobcats, coyotes, etc. And I bet you they welcome predator hunting as a method, a tool in helping to control the numbers. Veterans Day was this past Thursday. Lots of states honoring our veterans in different ways. Free entrance to all Texas state parks tomorrow in honor of Veterans Day. And not just for our veterans, active or veteran military, but for everybody. It's a free day at Texas state parks tomorrow. And how about this? Down in the state of Alabama, they have a program that makes every day Veterans Day at Alabama State Parks. It's called Parks for Patriots and 365 days a year. Our veterans and active military get free admission to Alabama State Parks. Calming care helps to settle and relax that dog that gets just really crazy during a thunderstorm. Learn more about calming care before spring rolls around again. Hey everybody, it's Edwin Evers. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Billy, I told you to tie on a jig. What's going on? At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, we make shopping for the hunter or recreational shooter in your family easy. With locations in Mansfield, Wichita Falls, Granbury, and Colleen, Texas. Take advantage of our 90-day layaway, same as cash, so there's no need to hide gifts until the big morning. All year, we honor our military and first responders with a 10% discount on everything in the store. For rifles, pistols, shotguns, ammo, and optics, Marksman Firearms is your complete one-stop shop. MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. <laughs> you see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom. 
perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the Dead Rabbit. I'm Tom Watson with Bend Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected even when you're getting away. The vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority, come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com You folks come in off the porch. Kinder Outdoors is back. Hey, this corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors is brought to you by Fortiflora, which is America's number one canine probiotic. So say our veterinarians. Keep Fortiflora in the fridge. Keep it handy if you own a dog, because all of our dogs from time to time suffer from GI upset, and Fortiflora fixes that. Well, hey, let's take a little trip to Canada and visit with our old friend, Jim Shockey. Jim, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. <laughs> old friend? <laughs> did, did, you, did you just call me old? Uh, it's, it's a pleasure, Billy. We've gone down that road together, Jim. We, we both wear it well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as we 
long as we don't look too close. And yeah. Good from far, but far from good. That's exactly right. Last time we were together at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo, which will soon be two years ago uh, because of COVID, um, you had on a disgusting pair of pants, Jim, that were just way too tight, and we addressed it uh, that day. Uh, did you feel convicted at all and maybe get rid of those? You know what? The funny thing is I actually have more <laughs> conviction to wear them. I, I've got them on today, and they're they're called skinny jeans, and they're all the rage in uh, fashionista circles. <laughs> uh, I had to uh, I had to expose that. Um, you uh, you uh, have a, a very special event coming up next spring, and this thing's been going on for a while now. It's an annual event, the Jim Shockey Classic is not a sporting clay shoot, or it's not going to happen on the rifle range. It's on the golf course, and you have a lot of fun with this. It's it's a great, great time, a great event for a good cause. Uh, and I, I think we're going into our eighth or ninth year. We've raised well over half a million dollars uh, to take veterans of the armed forces and their families on all expense-paid outdoor adventures, hunts, uh, and really around the world. Uh, a lot in North America, we work through the Freedom Hunters Foundation, and uh, it's just a really good time. It's not about the golf; it's about gathering together at a, you know, during the off season and uh, and just having fun. You uh, aligned yourself with some very special people when you started working with Freedom Hunters. Uh, I get pictures. I'm not going to say every week, but at least several times per month of our bravest and finest on a Freedom Hunters hunt somewhere. I got pictures just last week of some, some of our military personnel uh, with their moose in Newfoundland. Uh, and uh, you, I mean, you really aligned yourself well there. Yeah, Anthony Pace and his, his crew are fabulous uh, people. I mean, good, good people. I, Anthony and I talked about this, boy, it's got to be getting on 20 years ago. Um, you know, he was looking to do something that was good and benevolent and, and, uh, you know, we discussed it together and, and he started Freedom Hunters Foundation and, and the work that they do, the, the joy that they bring to these families, uh, it, it's just, like I say, you have, you get tears in your eyes at this event when you hear the stories and, and how, as I said, how much joy they bring to the families by taking them on hunts that they didn't think they'd be able to afford. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a great cause and, and Anthony's group, the Freedom Hunters is, uh, like I say, they, they do really good work. They're worth supporting. Hey, we'd love for you to come uh, play, and I think I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm going to be emceeing part of this March 27th and 28th at the Wild Dunes Resort, Isle of Palms, South Carolina. Beautiful location, beautiful golf course, and uh, all of the money raised there goes toward this great cause that uh, Jim's been talking about, and that's uh, Freedom Hunters. Now, typically... Uh, folks who uh, come out will have an opportunity to take a shot against you, Jim. Are you any good? Have you ever held a golf club? <laughs> yeah. Bring, tell, tell everybody, you know, bring your money because uh, I'll be waiting for every single group on uh, one hole. I Usually a par three will we'll have a, a challenge, a closest to hole challenge. I, we bet, and I'm sorry if that's not legal in South Carolina, but the, hopefully they'll <laughs> overlook it. Uh, you know, we bet on – yeah, I'll take on the whole team. Uh, it doesn't matter how good they are uh, for whatever amount of money to closest to the pin. It's interesting, though, how the, the house, which I am, always come out ahead 
feel, but that's 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 the idea of betting anyway. So you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and yeah, I, I can I can swing a club. Uh, you know, it's getting diminishing returns as I get older, but I, I you know, like I say, they everybody better bring their A game if they want to win uh, win money against me on that closest to pinhole. <laughs> hey, once again, and we have the info at kinderoutdoors.com. That's March 27th and 28th, Wild Dunes Resort, Isle of Palms, South Carolina, the Jim Shockey Military Tribute Event. Um, you know, and if we, we got a bid high enough, and it would have to be a, a really good bid, might be able to get you on the uh, guitar, maybe uh, uh, sing a tune for us for a bid. <laughs> yeah, we you know, we actually uh... – might just do that. Uh, command performance uh, are us. So we, we, I've got a song, <laughs> Howl With Me, that we might perform. I've got another one that's uh, called Common Sense that I haven't released because it's a little too politically incorrect. But uh, <laughs> but we just might be cajoled into playing it at this event uh, as well live. It's uh, be a lot of fun doing it. Uh, the hunting industry as a whole, Jim, because of COVID, and because of politics, you can go on all day about the politics in Canada and what's that done to what that's done to outfitters and grizzly hunters uh, there. Uh, but it's it's been it's had a devastating effect over the past couple of years. I'm sure you would encourage folks that as things reopen, book a trip and let's go. Yeah, I, I think most importantly, we all need to recognize that you never know what the future brings, and and why wait to fulfill the dreams of your bucket list when when you can do it now. And, and really, that's how I think we need to look at this. And if there's any silver lining on this whole COVID debacle, that's that's it, is that all of us realize, wow, this things can be taken away from us, rights, opportunities, privileges, and, and you know, we need to get out into the wildlands. And, you know, and, and as an ancillary benefit, you, you are supporting our, you know, hunting world and our industry, the outfitters and guides out there, and we need them strong. Uh, without that strong voice, boy, we, we get trampled in uh, in the hallowed halls of government. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, and conservation takes a heck of a blow. Uh, without the hunter, there is no conservation. It's it's over. So very important that you go. You and I had a had a private conversation about. You know, we've both been able to experience you, especially some really cool things around the world and 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 through hunting and the outdoors, but when you boil it all down, the sunrise, the smells, the sounds, the event itself is just so big and fulfilling. It really is. I mean, you know, we all know it's not about the kill. I mean, inches of antler or whatever. That, that's We get painted like that in the mainstream media, you know, it's, but the reality is we're out there for camaraderie, for the storytelling, for family you know, for adventure, for humor. I mean, all all these wonderful, wonderful parts of hunting that, that you know, we experience as hunters and the outside world doesn't know about it. So so this, this event, our golf tournament, allows us to do it, as I say, in the off-season, share all the stories, talk about the previous fall and, and uh, really enjoy our, our comrades and, and, of course, our armed forces members uh, that do – sacrifice for us so that we can have the freedoms to do what we do so yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a wonderful event definitely as i said we're support as hunters we all know uh, the healing effect that uh, the god's great outdoors has on each of us think how much more it, it has a healing effect on those that have been to battle so jim hats off and thanks again to jim shockey classic 
coming up next spring. Uh, Wild Dunes Resort, Isle of Palm, South Carolina, March 27 and 28. Make your plans now. All details at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Jim, as always, thanks a lot. Really good to talk to you. It's my pleasure, Billy. Thanks for having me on. And next time, let's start it with something different than my old friend. How about, how about my you know, best friend, my good friend, anything except the old part? My dear friend in the tight, skinny jeans. There you go. And they're not called tight. They're called skinny jeans. <laughs> this is Jim Shockey. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about them with Kinder Outdoors. <laughs> coming to town, but when he's back home, he likes to crappie fish. I'm Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall, and I've got great gift ideas for the crappie angler on your list this year. Let's start with a new rod like my speed shooter rods under 50 bucks. Pair that up with a Wally Marshall speed shooter reel, and you're going to make someone dang happy on Christmas morning. For the crappie angler that already has everything under the sun, I guarantee it they will welcome the new Wally Marshall Pro Target rods in their boat. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's all Santa Claus uses. <laughs> I partnered with Luz, one of the finest rod bakers in history, to produce the Wally Marshall Classic Series, the most sensitive and hard-working crappie rods ever. Fill that stocking with Mr. Crappie by Strike King Baits, surefire fish catchers for 30 years, all of my proven colors along with five new ones. Lose.com, StrikeKing.com, and MrCroppy.com. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, buried Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The Herdware Store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The Herdware Store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas hill country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orvis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence, and I think you will too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com The Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails. 
and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun, or listened from the porch to the summer song of the Bob White, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. Glad you're back. We still have some big fish to fry here at Kinder Outdoors. Boy, that sounds good right now. A little fried crappie. You ever had fried crappie and eggs for breakfast? <laughs> oh, that's living. A good sliced tomato to go along with that. The problem is finding a good sliced tomato anymore. That stuff at the grocery store these days that they're charging triple for, most of the time it doesn't taste like a tomato. But the good thing is crappie still tastes like crappie. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Billy Kinder. This corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors is brought to you by my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. I love it there. You don't have to have a membership. You can day hunt. You can just go and dine, have dinner. You can go and stay for a few days. But if it's a place that you really like and you want to go back frequently with family or maybe entertain clients, they sell memberships. Check it out. Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, I want you guys to meet Lindsey Thomas, Jr. I've got him on that Kinder Outdoors trot line right now. He is with the National Deer Association, and I think you're going to enjoy the story of this exceptional buck that he has written about. Hey, what an honor to have you on the show with us today. Lindsey, thank you so much. Billy, the honor is all mine. Thank you so much for having me on Kinder Outdoors. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, I read an article that you wrote, well written, by the way. You did a great job on this thing about an adventurous buck uh, who is the exception to the rule uh, that, that took off on an incredible journey of 186 miles. And I knew I had to talk to you uh, about this. 
Uh, I like the way you start your article because I, I said that's exactly right. Every biologist I've ever talked to will not say yes, absolutely, or no, never. That That's not in the vocabulary of a good deer scientist, is it? It's not, and I've been covering deer research and science for over 20 years as a journalist, and that's one thing I've you know learned in the beginning is it's hard to get them to give you a firm answer about how deer behave and what deer will or will not do. Yeah, because uh, this this deer we're talking about could be the exception to the rule, or it might happen a lot more than than we realize. And let's talk a little bit about this this buck and what he what he did. Most bucks. Let's talk with what we generally know, Lindsay. Most bucks, uh, when they're born, after about a year and a half, they leave the nest, so to speak. And what do they do? Well, they disperse from where that range where they were born. Uh, not all of them do it. About 85% of what we found of, of yearling bucks will do this, do what they call yearling buck dispersal. Some do it in spring, you know, when they're about a year old, and some wait till closer till the rut is approaching uh, at about an age of a year and a half. But about 85% or more are going to do it. And what they do is take off just on their own in a straight line um, and go anywhere from a mile or two to, you know, the average is around five miles, but as long as, you know, 10, 20, 30 miles. It really just depends on the amount of forest cover in the area. And they go out there, and wherever they stop generally is going to be their adult home range, and they're going to die in that range. You know, they'll be there the rest of their, their lives, uh, and that's what most bucks do. A lot of deer are born, a lot of bucks are born and die within five miles of, of where they're, they're born, live their whole life right there. And, and that's that's pretty much typical, right? That's right. That's the average. And, it, you know, it makes sense that uh, that's a mechanism for taking genetics and moving them out of the area into a new place. So we get genetic mixing across the landscape. You don't ever have, you know, inbreeding where all the deer in a local area are all related to each other because of bucks doing this. Um, does do some of this, too, as well. Some does disperse, but not as many and not as consistently as bucks do it at a year and a half of age. Okay, uh, and that's just what that's what God put in them. He built that GPS in, and, and uh, that's the way they are built. But uh, on November fourth, twenty seventeen, something very odd. We think it's pretty odd. Happened by all odds. This buck should not uh, have done what he did. But he took off from his home in Northwest Missouri and went on a one hundred eighty-six, I believe, is one hundred eighty-six mile journey. That's incredible, but first of all, Lindsay, how do we know that he did this? He was wearing a GPS satellite tracking collar. Uh, this was part of a study done by the University of Missouri and the Missouri Department of Conservation over four years, 2015 to 2019, I believe. They were capturing and collaring a lot of deer, two different study areas, north and south Missouri, but uh, capturing and collaring as many deer as they could for a big study of survival and movement and habitat use of whitetails in Missouri. And this buck was, you know, one of them. Um, one of, I think, something like 700 deer in, in all over those four years that they followed. And he was wearing a GPS tracking collar. So they knew a lot about where he was. And then later after he did this enormous movement, they really kind of dialed in on the data, unlike they would do with any other individual deer in the study, and, and to say, look, what, can we figure out what was going on with this deer? This deer was phenomenal. He traveled 186 miles. He crossed multiple rivers. He crossed the same river several times. He crossed major highways, four-lane highways, 
and did all kinds of uh, of stuff that um, that, that takes a pretty smart feller to do to get across those highways to ford those rivers to know when to travel and and he did a lot of this was a 22-day journey and did all of this during the fall hunting season yeah i mean he left on november 4th as you said and i think by the 25th or 6th of november uh yeah it was the 25th he had stopped moving and and didn't move again um you know he's set up a new home range so for him to do that during that time of year was weird for him to do it at his age he was three and a half when he set out on this this journey because you know when they captured him uh in january of that same year which was 2017 you know they they took a look at his teeth and and estimated his age to be two and a half years old and as i said in the article that's a pretty accurate estimate we know for sure he was not younger than that because a yearling buck or a fawn you can look at tooth replacement right away and 100% know how old he is. So for them to look in that mouth and come up with two and a half, I feel confident in that age. We know he wasn't any younger than that. So he was probably three and a half when he took off. And that's the amazing thing is he was an adult buck. And as we talked about earlier, this is not the kind of thing adult bucks do. They do this at about a one, one and a half years of age. They set up that new adult home range and they stay there, except for some, you know, short range excursions. Outside that home range, they'll go and, you know, maybe spend a day, 24 hours, 48 hours, and come back. Um, and sometimes some bucks have separate rut ranges. Well, they will, you know, just before the rut starts, they'll leave where they spent the summer, go a few miles, spend the rut in some other location, and then come back for the remainder of the year. So to see this happen in a buck of this age, to take off like this, not only to take off when he did, but to go as far as he did at his age, all of these things, we're just an outlier. These are, you know, uh, busting the averages. Nothing else like this has been seen before. And I would, I would obviously, we don't have time to cover the entire article on the show today, but I want to urge everyone to go and read this. Uh, Lindsey Thomas Jr. Uh, wrote this and works for the National Deer Association. Uh, where can they find you online and uh, therefore find the article? They can go to deerassociation.com. That's our website, and it's featured there on the homepage as new content. Of course, you can find us on social media at Deer Association on all the channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and you'll be able to, you know, get a link to that article there. You know, we've got a map showing uh, the buck's movements, some of the fascinating things he did, like, you know, traveling in straight lines at night. That's when he traveled, traveling something yeah. like eight and a half miles per day uh, in straight lines. And then at night, you know, he would hold, or I'm sorry, during the day, he would hold up in small little pockets of woods and then take off again in a straight line like he knew where he was going and was on a mission. So, you know, taking a look at this map we've got with the article really sort of lays it out and shows, you know, what he did and how far he went. As I said in the article, if you took that distance of 186 miles and stretched it out in a straight line, he'd have gone all the way across northern Missouri into Illinois a good distance. Lindsay, don't you go anywhere. Let's go refill our coffee cups, and when we come back, I want to talk to you some more. Lindsay Thomas, Jr. with the National Deer Association, our guest. This corner of the camphouse brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch, just outside of San Antonio, Texas, about 45 minutes or so. Home to Texas' finest upland bird hunting. Endorsed by both Orvis and Beretta. Hi, I'm Toxie Hayes. I'm Cuz Strickland. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it. In my mossy oak. With Kinder Outdoors.
Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas are award-winning artists many times over. And for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granberry, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axis, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport state-to-state or around the globe. You can trust True Life Taxidermy. TrueLifeTaxidermy.org. The Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo returns to Dallas in the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center this January. I'm Corey Mason, CEO at DSE, inviting you to join us for our 40th anniversary celebration January 6th through the 9th. The greatest celebration of science-based, factual conservation, conservation that works, will feature 1,800 booths and vendors from across America and around the world. They will be offering hunting and fishing opportunities, guns, gear, art, fashion, and jewelry. Numerous auctions, both live and silent, daily and open to online bidding from wherever you are. For convention hours, discounts, and information, visit biggame.org. Your ticket or auction purchase will go directly to the DSC mission of conservation, education, and advocacy on Capitol Hill. The DSC Convention and Expo is back. Come celebrate with us January 6th through the 9th in Dallas. Full details at biggame.org and kinderoutdoors.com. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Casaria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting CordobaDoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Cacheria. 
can see me in Argentina. This old camp house has lots of room. Come on in, Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. Lindsey Thomas Jr. is my guest on the show today. He wrote an article for the National Deer Association that was titled Adventure of an Exceptional Buck. This buck took off one day back in 2017 and traveled 186 miles in 22 days. And Lindsey, you know, sometimes we think we're tricking these deer, we're smarter than them. No way. These deer are smart. He would do his traveling at night. He'd travel all night long, pretty much, and then hardly ever uh, make any ground up during the day. He, he would just take the daylight off and travel at night, and lots of times he'd spend the day right under people's noses. Yeah, uh, in one of the pictures we have with the article, which is literally a satellite map showing his locations from the GPS collar, he's in a little pocket of woods on the edge of a suburban neighborhood, and there are actually some ball fields in the picture right there next to him. <laughs> you know, it was it was that or little pockets of woods in the middle of a farm field or, uh, yeah, he, you know, he was slick about what he did. You know, and, and this is, you're, you're right when you say that, you know, you're hunting a place, you, you know the place, you know the bucks, you've got an area on camera, and all of a sudden you see a buck you don't recognize, either in person or on camera. That's normal. I mean, sometimes, you know, during the rut, bucks go on excursions like I was talking about or shift their range a little bit. All of them are covering the greatest percentage of their home range that, that they do at any time of year. So it's possible to see a strange buck or to see a buck you were seeing regularly disappear and then come back later. But this, you know, is clearly not the norm. And uh, it, it, like I said in the article, it doesn't change our understanding of what the average buck does, but it is definitely just a, a, an interesting and fascinating and amazing journey that this, this buck took. An amazing journey, and, and that goes to show you that that buck that uh, that you killed, or your friend, or your uncle, or whoever killed, that has the story that that we've heard so often. God, I had never seen this buck on camera before, and then there he was, a hundred yards in front of me. Well, this happens. We don't know how regularly this happens, but but these deer do travel, like Lindsay was saying, especially during the rut. You know, he might live just down the road, or now we know he could be 186 miles from home, Lindsay. We don't know. <laughs> That's right. You know, as, as uh, one of the researchers said who was analyzing this buck, there were 700 deer in, in that study that were collared, and, and he's the only one that did this. But they didn't have a collar on all of the deer in Missouri, which is thousands and thousands and thousands. So if this happens once in every 10,000 deer, there's more than one buck doing this. Yeah. Uh, on June 20th, 2018, seven months after he had arrived at his, his new home range, uh, that GPS collar stopped moving. That means mortality, and that was the end of the story. Um, and that opens up a whole new list of questions. Uh, we don't know exactly uh, what caused his death, but we think it could have been deer disease. Right. The way that it was the time of year being found in June and the fact that his carcass was found near water, those facts indicate it's very likely it was hemorrhagic disease, which is, you know, the virus that, that sometimes we have outbreaks like that in late summer transmitted by biting gnats. That's a possibility. But, yeah, there's so many questions left unanswered here. You know, we don't know where this buck was born. Was this place he went back? Was he going back to where he was born? Had he already done this this, this travel? Um, so, you know, and would he have done this again if he had survived another fall wearing that collar? 
would he have gone back? Would he have done another movement? Uh, it's a shame that he died shortly after, you know, this, this journey instead of living another fall so we couldn't maybe learn a little bit more. It would have been fascinating to see what he did. Yeah, and I would urge everybody, while you're sitting in the blind today, go online and uh, and read this story. Lindsey Thomas, Jr., Deer Association, I'm sorry, did you say .com or .org? Either one will get you there, but, yeah, deerassociation.com. Okay, very good. And tell me about the Deer Association very quickly. What is that? We're a nonprofit deer conservation organization, the National Deer Association. We were formed last year by combining essentially the best elements of two groups, the National Deer Alliance, which was a policy and advocacy group, and QDMA, or the Quality Deer Management Association, which you may be familiar with, uh, which had been around for some 32 years. And we essentially took the best of those two groups. We merged them together to sort of form a, a modern group ad- adapted to uh, the changes we're going through today with the pandemic and, and digital communications and everything else. But we are a nonprofit group, and we're dedicated to ensuring the future of wild deer, wildlife habitat, and hunting. And that's what we do. Can I get a membership? How does that work? Yes. We urge you to join, in fact. Uh, it's an annual membership that helps support our mission. Uh, you can, of course, donate to us as well. Anything you donate to the NDA is, is uh, tax deductible because we're a nonprofit. And you'll be insured. Uh, you know, there's an independent group called Charity Navigator that analyzes nonprofits and reports to you, the consumer, on whether or not that group spends your money effectively. We have a four-star rating with Charity Navigator, which is the highest rating. And that simply says we take your dollar and we put it toward the mission we said we're going to. We work on hunter recruitment through our field fork program that targets adult deer hunters, new adult deer hunters. We work on deer diseases. We work on advocacy and policy in capitals around the country, working on legislation. Uh, and we work to educate deer hunters uh, and the non-hunting public about deer, the importance of them, the conservation, and their fascinating biology, just like this story. We're talking about this deer that took off for some unknown reason to us. He just took off. Uh, November 4th, 2017, uh, and traveled over the next 22 days, 186 miles. We know this because he had a GPS collar on. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, but it, and we can see a lot in our, our deer behavior that we hunt and that we watch on camera, uh, why we only see them, well, he's gone nocturnal, he's gone nocturnal. They're smart, Lindsay. This deer at night would travel. Uh, I saw you documented the distance. And it was very little uh, by day that he would travel, very little, maybe a, a couple of hundred yards per hour. And then at night, he's moving like 900 yards per hour. They know. That's right. They do know. And this one certainly did. And, and multiple studies have shown this with other bucks as well. They respond to our pressure. Uh, you know, many times we think we know where they want to be, but, but mostly they want to be where we are not. So you can use that to your advantage right now this fall while you're deer hunting and Think about the places you're hunting or been hunting or hunting too much, and think about the places you haven't even touched. A lot of times the deer, and especially mature bucks, will be there because you haven't been. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. We think we've got them patterned. No, they've got us patterned. They know what, <laughs> where we park the truck and how far we walk, and they smell what snacks we eat. They know all about us. Uh, <laughs> Lindsey Thomas, Jr., tell me about a good deer hunt you've been on or you're going on. What, what you got planned? Well, I've have had some good opportunities this year. Uh, you can't show it from my freezer yet. Uh, just came <laughs> off of a, a public state park hunt here in Georgia and did not do any good there. 
And uh, I'm from southeast Georgia. Our rut is early. We have a, a late October rut. So I took my rutcation uh, the last week before Halloween and spent that down in southeast Georgia. Uh, did not do any good. But but the nice thing is now in middle Georgia, we've got a November a mid-November peak rut. And I'm heading out to hunt that this weekend, so my opportunities aren't over yet. No, hey, you've got the best of both worlds. I don't know that I've heard of a, a rut split that far apart in, in a geographic region that close together. That's the best of both worlds for you. Oh, hey, we're just getting started. I can cross the state line into Alabama and hunt a January rut if I like. So, yeah, <laughs> we, got, uh, we got a weird rut going on here in the southeast. <laughs> you're going to learn all kinds of cool stuff when you join and read the National Deer Association, Lindsey Thomas, Jr., and his article on this uh, exceptional uh, buck uh, that uh, that they did the uh, study on from the GPS track uh, tracker. Hey, well written, Lindsey, and I could sit and talk to you about this all day. I, uh, in our email conversation last week, I told you that Larry Wysoon and I, always it's tradition, we exchange, exchange text messages in the dark. Uh, on opening day before the sun comes up like little kids. And it got me to thinking that, you know, the longer we do this, it makes little kids out of older men, and it makes older men out of little kids, the responsibility that goes along with this. It's the perfect sport. It is. That is a great observation. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, good talking to you and good hunting to you. Let's talk again. Thank you, Billy. I really appreciate you having me on the show, and best of luck to you this season. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch. Not only world-class upland bird hunting, but the finest access deer hunting anywhere, low fence. Joshua Creek Ranch. Hey, let's grab a fresh cup of coffee and stretch our legs. old camp house has lots of room come on in kinder outdoors hey welcome back to the camp house thanks for hanging out with us today i'm billy kinder and this is kinder outdoors this corner of the camp house brought to you by purina pro plan hey go check out a field trial talk to dog training pros these guys that run championship bird dogs that are meticulous about what they feed their athletes and ask them about it chances are about 9 out of 10 that you talk to are going to tell you that they feed their dogs Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula. 30% protein, 20% fat. And it's at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hey, the window is open right now to buy your Arizona Big Game Super Raffle tickets. But we're kind of getting down to the wire here. It's a chance for you to win a bear, mountain lion, and Havelina Guided Hunt Package, the Arizona Big Game Super Raffle. The package also includes seven days of guided services with Derringer Outfitters, meals and lodging as well. Raffle tickets are $25 each. You can buy them online. And the purchase deadline is coming up Tuesday, November 30th at 10 p.m. The drawing will be conducted Tuesday, December 7th. If you'd like more info about the Arizona Super Raffle, come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. Every dollar raised through this raffle is returned to the Arizona Game and Fish Department and managed by the Arizona Habitat Partnership Committee. It goes to work for wild places and wild things. 
From Arizona, let's move it down to Florida, where it is time to think about the manatee when you're out boating around. The manatees are on the move. They like to stay in 65-degree or warmer water. And to do that this time of year, they've got to be on the move. It's Manatee Awareness Month, and the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission is reminding folks on the water to slow down and look out for migrating manatees. Manatees are large, but they can be difficult to see in the water. Watch out for those manatee protection zones. You'll see the signs. Hey, New Mexico. The New Mexico Department of Game and Fish is wanting your comments about possibly delisting the ghoul's wild turkey, removing that bird from the list of threatened or endangered species. The Gould's wild turkey was listed as threatened back in 1974 due to its limited range within New Mexico and uncertainty about its abundance at that time. Results of sustained field research conducted by the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish in recent years in conjunction with a successful augmentation of the Peloncillo Mountains population indicate that recovery criteria specified in the Gould's wild turkey recovery plan have now been met. The delisting investigation will be conducted by the department resident game bird biologist Casey Cardinal and recovery coordinator John Bulger. They would like your input and comments received prior to February 18, 2022 will be considered in the development of this delisting proposal. If you hunt Texas, biologists with the state want to know if you see any dead rabbits around. In early 2020, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department received test results confirming that rabbit hemorrhagic disease was found in several species of wild rabbits in Texas. Since April of this year, TPWD, the United States Department of Agriculture, and Texas Animal Health Commission have not confirmed any new cases, but they're keeping a close eye on it. They need your input, especially from hunters, asking that you report any dead rabbits found this fall or winter. Hey, the West Texas chapter of Safari Club International made a $10,000 donation to support two wildlife research projects underway at the Borderlands Research Institute at Sol Ross State University. One project is examining the diets of desert bighorn sheep, mule deer, and owadad in shared habitats. The second study seeks to validate age estimates of wild ungulates, including pronghorn, desert bighorn sheep, and mule deer. Hats off, SCI. Thank you for the very kind and encouraging note, Warren Gabbery, Jacksonville, North Carolina. He writes, Dear Billy, I enjoy listening to your show every Saturday morning on Sirius Radio. Can you recommend a lodge or ranch out west on vacation where I can spend the week learning and enjoying fly fishing with some time for photography thrown in? My wife could enjoy the great outdoors and the beauty of the west. Thank you for all that you do to promote hunting, fishing, and great American values. And your bold witness for Christ. Yours in Christ, Warren Gabbery. Warren, thank you again. I really appreciate that. I wrote a note back to Warren recommending the White River in Arkansas. I know that's not out west, but in the fall on the White River, which may be the best trout fishery in North America. The brown trout are massive. The bite is awesome. And the fall color along the river is just spectacular for taking pictures. My friends at ProPlan know that there are dogs with special conditions, like older dogs in need of added glucosamine in their diet, dogs with itchy coats, dogs with an intolerance to grain. 
and they specialize ProPlan formulas for those particular dogs, if that's your dog. Go check out the different formulas at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, and Kansas. Well, hey, let's stretch our legs a little bit and go grab a fresh cup of coffee, maybe a biscuit and sausage, and when we come back, we're going to visit with my good friend Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail, about whitetail subspecies. I know you've noticed this if you chase whitetail deer. Their appearance, boy, it changes sometimes very drastically from region to region and sometimes even just a few miles apart. We'll talk to Larry about that. And then Gary Klein is going to help us Focus harder on catching big green bass. A couple of Hall of Famers coming up. I'm Tim Dancliffe with Safari Classics and Chafuti Safaris. When we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it at Kinder Outdoors. At Classic Chevrolet Grapevine, we know all about the early morning memories made in the cab of the truck. Because it's fun to um, be able to uh, do something with my dad and my older brother. So what time did you have to get up this morning to uh, to get all the way down here dressed and fed and ready to go? 4.30. 4.30. Don't you normally get up about 4.30, though? Mm-hmm. No. no way. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's fun, though, when you're coming out to the dove field to get up that early. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yes. There you very go. Very. Did you see your daddy shooting at that dove right then? Yes. Do you see that dove still flying? Uh, probably. <laughs> At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we know that the cab of the truck is a special place. It's where family heritage is carried down the trail. Important things happen here. Trusted conversations, understanding smiles, life's victories and laughter, sometimes tears. We're honored to ride along with your family. ClassicChevrolet.com I'm going to lay this out to you as simply as I possibly can because... It really is simple. Buy your cold weather wear from Ron and Teresa Miskin at the Buffalo Wool Company and stay warm. Gloves, socks, hats, beanies. I love my neck gaiter. All made from the insulating fibers of the American bison. The same fiber or buffalo wool that protects the buffalo against a frigid winter in Montana, Wyoming, or the Dakotas. Buffalo wool is warmer than traditional wool and it's luxuriously soft on your skin, not scratchy or abrasive. It wicks moisture away and is unbelievably tough, lasting year after year. And they back up what they sell with a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Take a look. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com TheBuffaloWoolCo.com It's simple. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... 
the cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and say, hey, that's phony. This is, this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read the tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says the tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. Sometimes our office is a bass boat. Tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Kinder Outdoors. You are always welcome around our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. Thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us, whether you uh, reach us by AM, FM, podcast, satellite, however you tune in. Thank you so very much. I greatly appreciate it. If you do enjoy a podcast on your terms, on your timetable, just go to your favorite podcast provider. Let them know that you want Kinder Outdoors, and they'll send it to you each and every week absolutely free. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan with so many different formulas because there are so many different dogs. One thing in common, though, all of these formulas are premium dog fuel. Pick out the formula that best suits your dog at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hey, my buddy Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail, is here. I want to talk about whitetail subspecies, Larry. You know, you move region to region, and deer you look different. You can tell... Even though, hey, that's still a white-tailed deer, he's a little different than what I hunt back home. Any idea how many subspecies we have across these United States? And can you clarify this topic a little bit for us? Well, basically a subspecies is just the same animal that has learned how to adapt to the circumstances under which it developed, as far as I'm concerned. And that helps. But, I mean, that's basically what it comes down to is, is those animals evolved over a period of time. Maybe their ears got a little bit shorter, their tail got a little bit longer. Maybe body size changed just a little bit. Their mature body size changed simply because of the habitat, the temperature, the food availability, a lot of things that come into play to creating these subspecies. In Texas, from what I recall, and it's been a while since I've really looked to see exactly how many subspecies are here, but I seem to recall there are like five, at least five subspecies here in the state of Texas just in itself. Wow, and with the way we're now managing deer, transporting deer, 
probably more than that. There probably are, and we've seen a lot of intergrade with the different species over the year. You know, there's a, a website out now that's called whitetailslam.com that I've gotten involved with. Tom Moran and, and Cy Weikert kind of came up with this. There's an opportunity for people to hunt the different subgroups, if you will. Not so much the, the subspecies because there's so many of them, but essentially they created eight different subgroups across North America and uh, set up a whitetail slam organization, which really is going to, I think, create a lot of interest in the different white-tailed deer across the country. I mean, I think we've got like two or three different species or subgroups, if you will, here in Texas, one that's kind of the, the central that runs all the way up into Kansas, but then also along the lower coastal areas, right along the coastline. Those deer are a whole lot different. So there are two different groups right there. And like I said, they've got eight of them scattered across North America, and I think it's really going to increase interest in people going to some of these other parts of the country to see if they can come up with an animal from that particular wow. subgroup. And it, with, as far as their recognition is concerned, it's simply just taking a buck. There's nothing there about so many inches so many years or anything like that, which, you know, to me, I, I love mature deer, and I've promoted quality deer management over the years, but, you know, we also need to have areas, too, where people will just go out and hunt. Right. So uh, yeah. this, I think, will create a little bit more interest in that to just go out and hunt some of these different subgroups. Yeah. Hey, uh, when Larry Rice Wysoon is rolling down the road on those long road trips between hunts, what kind of music are you listening to? <laughs> you know, I like everything from classical music to country western. So it's a little bit of, of everything. It just kind of depends. Of course, I always love George Strait and some of the other guys, those period of time, and even some of the old country western music, and particularly some of the old western ballads that go way back. Yeah, I do too. As a matter of fact, I don't believe they've made a country song since about 1987, you know. <laughs> I think you're probably just about right on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Mr. Whitetail, my buddy, Larry Wysoon. Let's move out of the deer woods and over to the bass boat with my friend Gary Klein, the Hall of Famer, Bass Fishing Hall of Famer Gary Klein. It's always good to see you, Gary. I want to talk to you a little bit about focus. You know, it's easy to stay focused and stay in the game when you're leading the tournament or leading the points in your club. But when you're having a bad year and you're dragging up the rear end of this thing and you know there's not a chance to win it, how do you maintain your focus when you've just got to grind it on out? Well, I tell you, you know, that's really a good topic because so many of us get caught up in that, myself included. And over the years, it's always been a struggle. But I'm the type of angler that likes to analyze my day, analyze my performance every day I'm on the water. Uh, so I have a lot of downtime, and that's what we do when we drive, you know, from tournaments, in between tournaments. Think about how I can become a better angler. And one thing that I noticed real quick is being focused. And, you know, fishing is fishing. And the difference between a so-called professional angler and a weekend warrior, there's very little difference with the exception we are just more conditioned or better conditioned than the average angler. And what I simply mean by that is that if I receive 10 bites during the course of the day, chances are I will physically touch 10 fish. I'm a very high percentage fisherman with almost all the techniques that I use. Whereas a club fisherman or somebody that fishes once a month, he'll get those same 10 bites, but he only may only put his hands on six of those fish. And a lot of that has to do with not being focused. And I can't tell you how many times you shut down on the right spot and within 15 or 20 minutes that just made your whole day. And a lot of times you cannot predict when that's going to happen. You always hear me use a term, let the day develop. And I can't tell you how many times in my career in competition where I'm competing for $100,000, $200,000 that my best bite doesn't take place until afternoon 
or after one o'clock. So it's real hard to lose, you know, get caught up in that. You you know, lose focus early. But what I simply mean by that, that there's only two things that we do when we're on the water, in practice, and especially in the tournament. You either try to establish a pattern or find an area that's got a concentration of fish. And a lot of fishing is current conditions, which change a lot of times depending on the environment that you're fishing, change by the hour. I mean, the cloud cover comes in, the wind starts blowing. If you're on a clear lake like PK, those fish completely react, and all of a sudden you can make a bait change or a technique change, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're having just, you're, you're catching fish like crazy. Whereas if you would have lost focus and not, um, uh, how can I say it, been in tune with current conditions, that opportunity would have missed you. And one way to gauge this is that when you're on the water and you're running down the lake, you should have already thought about time of year, type of lake, and main species of fish. And the reason why I always ask myself those questions, because that will put me in the area of the lake that I think those patterns or a concentration of fish should prevail. But if I'm fishing and I roll into a spot, especially in competition, and I shut down and I go up front and drop the trolling motor, I should have done that for a reason. But if you make a cast and you're already looking across the cove or you're already looking back out on the main lake point, you're not really fishing that lure. You're not fishing that cast. You're not living that moment. That right there is totally out of focus, and that's usually when you get a bite and your rod's too high, or the fish is coming at you and you get a bad hook set in them. That's the difference between catching 10 out of 10 and catching 6 out of 10. You have to stay focused. So when I make a cast, I know that Gary Klein's shoulders are square with the lure, because that's the way I've taught myself to be better. I know my rod position's perfect. I never set the hook to the weak side. In other words, all anglers have a weak side and a strong side. Um, I just do everything right. I boat's position. I'm making the cast. But most important, I shut the boat down for a reason. I made that cast for a reason, and I'm going to fish that lure all the way back to the boat. All the way back. I'm guilty of giving up out there about 15 feet away from the boat and zipping it up real quick and jumping it, jumping to the next. I lost focus. Yeah, but how many times when you pull it out of the water real quick, the fish is right there waiting to bite it? Yep, he's there. Yep, he was there. So, you know, that's one of the neat things about bass fishing. I don't care if you're a tournament fisherman. You're just a fun fisherman. You want to catch fish. You want to be able to develop the ability to take your friends fishing, take your kids fishing, and feel like you have a good understanding with this sport. Because, folks, this sport is not very hard. Most most important is that go out and enjoy it, develop a passion for it. But it seems like when you start catching fish, you develop confidence in yourself, and the first thing you want to do is take your son fishing or take your daughter fishing or take your wife fishing. So that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Gary Klein, thank you so much. He's in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. He has qualified for 30 Bassmaster Classics, and he's a co-founder of Major League Fishing. When he talks about bass fishing, I listen. <laughs> Thanks again, Gary. And let's grab a fresh cup of coffee. Hi, I'm Eric Gerlinger from Lewistown, Montana. Come fish our walleye and hunt our elk. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors.
At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, we make shopping for the hunter or recreational shooter in your family easy. With locations in Mansfield, Wichita Falls, Granbury, and Colleen, Texas. Take advantage of our 90-day layaway, same as cash, so there's no need to hide gifts until the big morning. All year, we honor our military and first responders with a 10% discount on everything in the store. For rifles, pistols, shotguns, ammo, and optics, Marksman Firearms is your complete one-stop shop. MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit KinderOutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com You'll know Toby Meadows when you run into him on the lot there at Classic Chevrolet and Grapevine because on his name tag is a big green bass. <laughs> He's earned the right to wear that big fish around. He's caught three over ten pounds. Yes, sir. Three times, uh, twice on Lake Fork and once on Lake Conroe. This lifelong passion for Toby started in the cab of that old Chevy truck, headed for the fishing hole a long time ago. I had an uncle, Uncle Jim, got me started. And it was just a little cork popper with little black and yellow feathers, looked like a bumblebee, and that started it all. Three ten-pounders and 19 years with the classic grapevine family. And Toby is still going down the road in that Chevy truck. These days, though, it's a little newer, a little less bumpy, and a whole lot more powerful. Yes, it is. I like it, too, especially that diesel. Got that half-ton diesel. It's good. Nice truck. Lifelong memories await your bunch in the cab of the truck. 
Get started at ClassicChevrolet.com. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. inch drop time y'all go on inside with kinder outdoors hey if you appreciate great bird dogs you'll love joshua creek ranch in the texas hill country bernie texas they have about a half a hundred well-tuned and highly trained bird dogs and that's not just pointers flushers as well what a treat to be able to hunt with these little english cockers that after the point is established and you're in position they release these little flushers, and they hit the brush like they weigh 100 pounds each and own the day and put your birds in the air for you. It's so much fun. Treat yourself to a hunt with the finest. Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. It's an incredible story. The guy that wrote the story about this exceptional buck is Lindsey Thomas Jr. with the National Deer Association. What an honor to have you with us today. Thank you, Lindsey. Billy, the honor is all mine. Thank you so much for having me on Kinder Outdoors. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, I read an article that you wrote, well written, by the way. You did a great job on this thing about an adventurous buck uh, who is the exception to the rule uh, that, that took off on an incredible journey of 186 miles. And I knew I had to talk to you uh, about this. Uh, I like the way you start your article because I, I said that's exactly right. Every biologist I've ever talked to will not say yes, absolutely, or no, never. That That's not in the vocabulary of a good deer scientist, is it? It's not, and I've been covering deer research and science for over 20 years as a journalist, and that's one thing I've you know learned in the beginning is it's hard to get them to give you a firm answer about how deer behave and what deer will or will not do. Yeah, because uh, this – this deer we're talking about could be the exception to the rule, or it might happen a lot more than than we realize. And let's talk a little bit about this this buck and what he what he did. Most bucks. Let's talk with what we generally know, Lindsay. Most bucks, uh, when they're born, after about a year and a half, they leave the nest, so to speak. And what do they do? Well, they disperse from where that range where they were born. Uh, not all of them do it. About 85% of what we found of, of yearling bucks will do this, do what they call yearling buck dispersal. Some do it in spring, you know, when they're about a year old, and some wait till closer till the rut is approaching uh, at about an age of a year and a half. But about 85% or more are going to do it. And what they do is take off just on their own in a straight line, 
um, and go anywhere from a mile or two to, you know, the average is around five miles, but as long as, you know, 10, 20, 30 miles, it, it really just depends on the amount of forest cover in the area. And they go out there and wherever they stop generally is going to be their adult home range and they're going to die in that range. You know, they'll be there the rest of their, their lives. Uh, and that's what most bucks do. A lot of deer are born, a lot of bucks are born and die within five miles of, of where they're, they're born, live their whole life right there. And, and that's, that's pretty much typical, right? That's right. That's the average. And it, you know, it makes sense that, uh, that's a mechanism for taking genetics and moving them out of the area into a new place. So we get genetic mixing across the landscape. You don't ever have, you know, inbreeding where all the deer in a local area are all related to each other because of bucks doing this. Um, does do some of this too as well. Some does disperse, but not as many and not as consistently as bucks do it at a year and a half of age. Okay. Uh, and that's just what, that's what God put in them. He built that GPS in and, and uh, that's the way they are built. But, uh, on November 4th, 2017, something very odd, we think, it's pretty odd, happened. By all odds, this buck should not uh, have done what he did. But he took off from his home in northwest Missouri and went on a 186, I believe it's 186-mile journey. That's incredible. But first of all, Lindsay, how do we know that he did this? He was wearing a GPS satellite tracking collar. Uh, this was part of a study done by the University of Missouri and the Missouri Department of Conservation over four years, 2015 to 2019, I believe. They were capturing and collaring a lot of deer, two different study areas, north and south Missouri, but uh, capturing and collaring as many deer as they could for a big study of survival and movement and habitat use of white-tailed in Missouri. And this buck was you know, one of them, um, one of, I think, something like 700 deer in, in all over those four years that they followed, and he was wearing a GPS tracking collar. So they knew a lot about where he was. And then later after he did this enormous movement, they really kind of dialed in on the data, unlike they would do with any other individual deer in the study, and, and to say, look, what, can we figure out what was going on with this deer? This deer was phenomenal. He traveled 186 miles. He crossed multiple rivers. He crossed the same river several times. He crossed major highways, four-lane highways, and did all kinds of, uh, of stuff that, um, that, that takes a pretty smart feller to do, to get across those highways, to ford those rivers, to know when to travel. And, and he did a lot of this. It was a 22-day journey and did all of this during the fall hunting season. Yeah, I mean, he left on November 4th, as you said, and I think by the 25th or 6th of November, uh, yeah, it was the 25th, he had stopped moving and, and didn't move again. Um, you know, he set up a new home range. So for him to do that during that time of year was weird. For him to do it at his age, he was three and a half when he set out on this, this journey. Because, you know, when they captured him uh, in January of that same year, which was 2017, you know, they, they took a look at his teeth and, and estimated his age to be two and a half years old. And as I said in the article, that's a pretty accurate estimate. We know for sure he was not younger than that because a yearling buck or a fawn, you can look at tooth replacement right away and 100% know how old he is. So for them to look in that mouth and come up with two and a half, I feel confident in that age. We know he wasn't any younger than that. So he was probably three and a half when he took off. And that's the amazing thing is he was an adult buck. And as we talked about earlier, 
this is not the kind of thing adult bucks do. They do this at about a one, one and a half years of age. They set up that new adult home range and they stay there, except for some, you know, short range excursions outside that home range. They'll go and, you know, maybe spend a day, 24 hours, 48 hours and come back. Um, and sometimes some bucks have separate rut ranges. Well, they will, you know, just before the rut starts, they'll leave where they spent the summer, go a few miles, spend the rut in some other location and then come back for the remainder of the year. So to see this happen in a buck of this age, to take off like this, not only to take off when he did, but to go as far as he did at his age, all of these things were just an outlier. These are, you know, uh, busting the averages. Nothing else like this has been seen before. And I would, I would obviously, we don't have time to cover the entire article on the show today, but I want to urge everyone to go and read this. Uh, Lindsey Thomas Jr. Uh, wrote this and works for the National Deer Association. Uh, where can they find you online and uh, therefore find the article? They can go to deerassociation.com. That's our website, and it's featured there on the homepage. It's new content. Of course, you can find us on social media at Deer Association on all the channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and you'll be able to, you know, get a link to that article there. You know, we've got a map showing uh, the bug's movements, some of the fascinating things he did, like, you know, traveling in straight lines at night. That's when he traveled, traveling something yeah. like eight and a half miles per day uh, in straight lines. And then at night, you know, he would hold, or I'm sorry, during the day, he would hold up in small little pockets of woods and then take off again in a straight line like he knew where he was going and was on a mission. So, you know, taking a look at this map we've got with the article really sort of lays it out and shows, you know, what he did and how far he went. As I said in the article, if you took that distance of 186 miles and stretched it out in a straight line, he'd have gone all the way across northern Missouri into Illinois a good distance. (laughs) Uh, Lindsay, if you can, please hang on. I want you to tell the rest of the story. We've got a lot more to talk about about this exceptional buck. Uh, Once again, you can read about it at the National Deer Association website. The link is at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country has, oh, my goodness, the finest dining that you'll find anywhere. The lodging is purely five-star. The sheets are better. The towels are better. The view is better. The service is better. It's just better at Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more about them and go stay with my friends Joe and Ann Kirchhoff at Joshua Creek Ranch. This is Wayne LaPierre, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo returns to Dallas and the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center this January. I'm Corey Mason, CEO at DSE, inviting you to join us for our 40th anniversary celebration January 6th through the 9th. The greatest celebration of science-based, factual conservation, conservation that works, will feature 1,800 booths and vendors from across America and around the world. They will be offering hunting and fishing opportunities, guns, gear, art, fashion, and jewelry. Numerous auctions, both live and silent, daily and open to online bidding from wherever you are. For convention hours, discounts, and information, visit biggame.org. Your ticket or auction purchase will go directly to the DSC mission of conservation, education, and advocacy on Capitol Hill. The DSC Convention and Expo is back, 
Come celebrate with us January 6th through the 9th in Dallas. Full details at biggame.org and kinderoutdoors.com. It's really exciting to see right now. Uh, one thing that's great about archery is anybody can do it. Men, women, or children, everybody can do this. Um, our lessons right now are fantastic. We see entire family groups come in, have a great time, and they're finding out that this is something that is a great pastime, great sport, and everybody can be successful in Americans are learning what a huge benefit it is to learn to hunt, learn to fish, learn to put safe and wholesome food on our tables. Cinnamon Creek Archery in Roanoke, Texas, has taught many thousands of families about the great sport of archery. People who thought they could just never do that now enjoy the range and harvesting their own wild game. You can't just sell somebody a bow and say, hey, good luck. You need to be able to take them aside, teach them the fundamentals, teach them how to shoot correctly so that they can be as successful as possible and really enjoy our sport. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com and discover the great knowledge and satisfaction that so many other families have found in archery. The Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation salutes hunters for the role they play in providing critical funding for conservation. Funds generated by hunting licenses and fees, excise taxes on hunting gear, and donations to groups like RMEF generate funds that fuel land and wildlife conservation efforts from coast to coast. Celebrate how hunting is conservation at our annual fundraising banquet and auction. Be ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority, come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com From the rough brush of South Texas to the thick bush of South Africa, it's Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. Enjoying a conversation with Lindsey Thomas, Jr. from the National Deer Association. A story he wrote about an, an incredible buck that left home one day and traveled 186 miles in 22 days. We know this because he had a GPS collar on. Hey, this corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch. Bernie, Texas is located in the beautiful Texas Hill Country just northwest of San Antonio. 
That means that the wintertime climate is absolutely spectacular for bird hunting. And hey, Joshua Creek Ranch is one of the finest upland hunting lodges on planet Earth. So says Orvis and Beretta. Check it out for yourself. Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, Lindsay, I'm really enjoying my conversation with you today about this exceptional buck that you wrote about at the National Deer Association. You know, you would think for this deer to travel this far across that many hazards in that short a period of time, 22 days, that he had to just stay in the deepest, darkest woods available. But no, sometimes he slept right under the nose of uh, the city limit sign. Yeah, uh, in one of the pictures we have of the article, which is literally a satellite map showing his locations from the GPS collar, he's in a little pocket of woods on the edge of a suburban neighborhood, and there are actually some ball fields in the picture right there next to him. You know, it was it was that or little pockets of woods in the middle of a farm field or, uh, yeah, he, you know, he was slick about what he did. You know, and, and this is, you're, you're right when you say that, you know, you're hunting a place, you, you know the place, you know the bucks, you've got an area on camera, and all of a sudden you see a buck you don't recognize, either in person or on camera. That's normal. I mean, sometimes, you know, during the rut, bucks go on excursions like I was talking about or shift their range a little bit. All of them are covering the greatest percentage of their home range that, that they do at any time of year. So it's possible to see a strange buck or to see a buck you were seeing regularly disappear and then come back later. But this, you know, is clearly not the norm. And uh, it, it, like I said in the article, it doesn't change our understanding of what the average buck does, but it is definitely just a, a, an interesting and fascinating and amazing journey that this, this buck took. Yeah. Uh, on June 20th, 2018, seven months after he had arrived at his, his new home range, uh, that GPS collar stopped moving. That means mortality, and that was the end of the story. Um, and that opens up a whole new list of questions. Uh, we don't know exactly uh, what caused his death, but we think it could have been deer disease. Right. The way that it was the time of year being found in June and the fact that his carcass was found near water, those facts indicate it's very likely it was hemorrhagic disease, which is, you know, the virus that, that sometimes we have outbreaks like that in late summer transmitted by biting gnats. That's a possibility. But, yeah, there's so many questions left unanswered here. You know, we don't know where this buck was born. Was this place he went back? Was he going back to where he was born? Had he already done this 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 travel? Um, so, you know, and would he have done this again if he had survived another fall wearing that collar? Would he have gone back? Would he have done another movement? Uh, it's a shame that he died shortly after, you know, this, this journey instead of living another fall so we couldn't maybe learn a little bit more. It would have been fascinating to see what he did. Yeah, I would urge everybody, while you're sitting in the blind today, go online and uh, and read this story. Lindsey Thomas, Jr., Deer Association. I'm sorry, did you say dot or .org? Either one will get you there, but, yeah, DeerAssociation.com. Okay. okay, very good. And tell me about the Deer Association very quickly. What is that? We're a nonprofit deer conservation organization, the National Deer Association. We were formed last year by combining essentially the best elements of two groups, the National Deer Alliance, which was a policy and advocacy group, and QDMA, or the Quality Deer Management Association, which you may be familiar with, uh, which had been around for some 32 years. And we essentially took the best of those two groups. We merged them together to sort of form a, a modern group ad adapted to uh, the changes we're going through today with the pandemic and, and digital communications and everything else. But we are a, 
nonprofit group, and we're dedicated to ensuring the future of wild deer, wildlife habitat, and hunting. And that's what we do. Can I get a membership? How does that work? Yes. We urge you to join, in fact. Uh, it's an annual membership that helps support our mission. Uh, you can, of course, donate to us as well. Anything you donate to the NDA is, is uh, tax deductible because we're a nonprofit. And you'll be insured, uh, you know, there's an independent group called Charity Navigator that analyzes nonprofits and reports to you, the consumer, on whether or not that group spends your money effectively. We have a four-star rating with Charity Navigator, which is the highest rating. And that simply says we take your dollar and we put it toward the mission we said we're going to. We work on hunter recruitment through our field fork program that targets adult deer hunters, new adult deer hunters. We work on deer diseases. We work on advocacy and policy in capitals around the country, working on legislation. Uh, and we work to educate deer hunters uh, and the non-hunting public about deer, the importance of them to conservation, and their fascinating biology, just like this story. We're talking about this deer that took off for some unknown reason to us. He just took off uh, November 4th, 2017, uh, and traveled over the next 22 days 186 miles. We know this because he had a GPS collar on. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, but it, and we can see a lot in our, our deer behavior that we hunt and that we watch on camera, uh, why we only see them, well, he's gone nocturnal, he's gone nocturnal. They're smart, Lindsay. This deer at night would travel. Uh, I saw you documented the distance, and it was very little uh, by day that he would travel, very little, maybe a, a couple of hundred yards per hour. And then at night, he's moving like 900 yards per hour. They know. That's right. They do know. This one certainly did. And, and multiple studies have shown this with other bucks as well. They respond to our pressure. Uh, you know, many times we think we know where they want to be, but but mostly they want to be where we are not. So you can use that to your advantage right now this fall while you're deer hunting and think about the places you're hunting or been hunting or hunting too much and think about the places you haven't even touched. A lot of times the deer and especially mature bucks will be there because you haven't been. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. We think we've got them patterned. No, they've got us patterned. They know what, <laughs> where we park the truck and how far we walk, and they smell what snacks we eat. They know all about us. Uh, <laughs> Lindsey Thomas, Jr., tell me about a good deer hunt you've been on or you're going on. What what you got planned? Well, I've have, had some good opportunities this year. Uh, you can't show it from my freezer yet. Uh just came <laughs> off of a, a public state park hunt here in Georgia and did not do any good there. And I'm from southeast Georgia. Our rut is early. We have a, a late October rut. So I took my rutcation uh, the last week before Halloween and spent that down in southeast Georgia. Uh, did not do any good. But but the nice thing is now in middle Georgia, we've got a November a mid-November peak rut, and I'm heading out to hunt that this weekend. So my opportunities aren't over yet. No, hey, you've got the best of both worlds. I don't know that I've heard of a, a rut split that far apart. In, in a geographic region that close together. That's the best of both worlds for you. Oh, hey, we're just getting started. I can cross the state line into Alabama and hunt a January rut if I like. So, yeah. <laughs> we, got, uh, you, we got a weird rut going on here in the southeast. <laughs> you're going to learn all kinds of cool stuff when you join and read the National Deer Association, Lindsey Thomas, Jr., and his article on this uh, exceptional uh, buck uh, that uh, that they did the uh, study on from the GPS track uh, tracker. Hey, well written, Lindsay, and I could sit and talk to you about this all day. I, uh, in our email conversation last week, I told you that Larry Wysoon and I always, it's tradition, we exchange, exchange text messages in the dark. 
uh, on opening day before the sun comes up like little kids. And it got me to thinking that, you know, the longer we do this, it makes little kids out of older men and it makes older men out of little kids, the responsibility that goes along with this. It's the perfect sport. It is. <laughs> that is a great observation. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, good talking to you and good hunting to you. Let's talk again. Thank you, Billy. I really appreciate you having me on the show, and best of luck to you this season. Lindsey Thomas, Jr. with the National Deer Association. Hey, check them out. They're doing good work for all of our deer. White-tailed deer, mule deer, you chase coos deer. They work for all of North America's deer. I want to thank Lindsey and Jim Shockey and Larry Wysoon, Gary Klein, and all of our friends in the camp house today. I want to thank you for hanging out with us. And I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together, too. I hope you'll join us again next time around. And until then, may God bless you and your bunch.